You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Hey everyone and welcome in to another edition of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. I am your co-host and your host for this particular episode. I am Cameron Parker. Please follow me on Twitter at Cameron Parker PO. Please follow Cody Work at Cody Work NFL and go to his website, CodyWorkNFL.com. This is another edition of the Daily Bite Size Broncos podcast, and that is the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Thank you guys for always making the Lockdown Broncos podcast your daily Broncos podcast for all your Broncos-related news, content, and everything else. We really greatly appreciate that. And uh, and if you guys are listening to the Lockdown Broncos podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of those social media platforms that you guys can listen to this podcast, we say thank you. We have a lot to talk about today, and uh, we, we are going to be recapping day two of Denver Broncos training camp. And one of the things that was one of the strongest takeaways is obviously the quarterback position continues to be uh, a huge topic of conversation, and as well on the defensive side of the ball. You know, there was quite a lot as far as some thoughts and some takeaways that as far as some early imp- impressions and 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 everything else, it is very important, I, I think, for players that are on the bubble or, or players that are that are wanting to make a really good first impression for their new head coach. You know, it, it's imperative to hit the ground running and really, really make a name for themselves early on. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about some players. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, some, some players that certainly caught my eye when, when, I, when I was there for, for day two of training camp. And there were quite a few of some players on the defensive side of the ball that, that did catch my attention. And we are going to talk about the quarterbacks. And we're also, going to, we're also going to talk a little bit about, you know, the tight end position. Who were some people that did stand out? Who were some wide receivers that certainly caught our eye and, and should we say even some wide receiver ones and maybe a potential two as well that did catch our eye and uh, we, we, we will be focusing also on the safety position cornerback position as well as the inside linebacker positions those are just a handful of positions we will be talking about right here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast but first I want to let you guys know that Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving Locked On listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the code Locked On. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the, the, the Broncos recap of day two of training camp. And by the way, if you guys are listening to this, uh, I also will be at camp. I will be at camp today for Denver Broncos training camp of day three. 
and uh, and so we will also be doing a recap show of day three and as far as getting our thoughts and what stood out from from day three so hopefully we can convey that to you as soon as we can and and uh, and and you guys can get that up and running say on Sunday morning for your guys' Sunday commute and listen to the the locked on podcast network and and all your recap of all the training camp uh, teams and everything that that will be in action all 32 teams will be in action for training camp it's an exciting time uh, when when football and training camp is is right around the corner or even right now as we've now entered day 2 football is in the wings and it's starting again and you know that's the important part and for Broncos country if you're listening to this thank you again for for making the lockdown Broncos podcast your daily Broncos podcast so let's get into it uh, there were a lot of takeaways and I, I think it's only appropriate that we start with the most important takeaway and that most important takeaway is the quarterback position now, we have yet to see pads, so we have yet to see teams really go full speed. Or should we say maybe quarterbacks take a little bit of some more chances or you know, maybe be a little more cautious with the football or you know, everything else. But I do think that still, impressions matter. And if you can come in and impress a new, a new coach... I think that that's one of the most impressive parts uh, to a training camp, and in particular, a new staff and everything else that's in there. So the quarterback position in general, the quarterback position in general between Joe Flacco, Brett Rippon, Kevin Hogan, and Drew Locke, it was a very up-and-down day, I should say. I, I think there there are arguments to be thrown around that... I mean, that Brett Rippon and Drew Locke and Joe Flacco were, were were definitely better than Kevin Hogan. I mean, I don't think that that's an argument at all. But the real argument at, at some point is going to be had, and I know it's only day two, and we do need to pump the brakes on this. We do need to pump the brakes on this. But the one thing that we always need to be careful of and and looking at a quarterback or maybe even potentially evaluating the quarterback position is this notion that uh, turning the ball over in camp really doesn't mean a whole lot and you know and and we're or should we say and kind of going off of the the, the of what we have seen in in past and and current Broncos play turn the ball over it seems like it, it's a regular occurrence right now with Bronco, Broncos quarterbacks. But the thing is, you will not win football games if you will continue to throw the football over. And if there are consistent turnovers from Kevin Hogan throughout camp and it goes into the first and second preseason game, that is a serious cause for concern. That can't continue. Do I believe that Kevin Hogan, and as we've said numerous times on the Lockdown Broncos podcast, do we believe that Kevin Hogan has a legitimate chance to be the backup for the Broncos? Absolutely, I do. I, I really I, I really do believe that he does have the chance to be the backup because I think they do want to ease Drew Locke into this. 
However, if Hogan is not, and we, we, we've seen it so often in quarterback battles before, if, for instance, the, the, the backup battle, if there is a quarterback like Kevin Hogan that is not taking a stranglehold on the backup quarterback position, then the slightest of potential opening that Drew Locke will see or Brett Rippon will see, they're going to take full advantage of that. Or at least they should. And that should be their mental makeup. And the one thing that I, I, I can appreciate and, and going on and talking a little bit about Drew Locke is, and well, and especially with what Vic Fangio was talking about, he is not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, he is not going to, you know, beat around the bush and say that he is a quarterback. But I loved his analogy. And if you guys are a baseball fan out there, you can appreciate this because Fangio came out yesterday and said that that Drew Locke was a pitcher and not a thrower of the football. Sorry, he is a thrower of the football, but not a pitcher, should we say. He's not accurate uh, to the point, and he may not be an NFL quarterback yet. But So here's the thing is that when all of that comes to a head and everything becomes like, or should we say, comes to a head where it's spectacular and everything that you had dreamed of, of a potential quarterback is there, then they are a once-in-a-generation type of quarterback. And that's not to say that a guy like a Drew Locke can be that guy. We know that he has the mental makeup. We know that he has the capacity to be a strong leader in the locker room. He has clearly shown that, not just in the short, ample time with the Denver Broncos, but back when he was with the Missouri Tigers. He has that mental makeup. And clearly, he's willing to put in the work, and he wanted that deal done immediately, even before training camp. I know that there was a lot of stuff that went behind, probably a lot of stuff that went behind the scenes, but the fact is Drew Locke wanted that deal done so that he can be with his teammates. That tells you a lot about the person that he is, the leader that he is, and a guy that I would love to play for if I'm the if I'm on the Denver Broncos roster and I have Drew Locke on my quarterback. All that said, that does not necessarily translate to talent, should we say? And if you can ultimately look at it from the from the perspective of if he can just refine the tools and be accurate with the football and try and picture uh, spots where he can utilize that arm strength and utilize a window where he can fit that ball into, where only he can get it, but also maintaining that um, recklessness, should we say, that, that recklessness and also the, say, the more awareness to where he doesn't necessarily have to be as reckless as often as he can. And that, to me, is one of the, the, the fine lines of an NFL quarterback in general. It, it's, it's finding that fine line of being aggressive and, and calm, should we say, or taking those chances. It's, when you can have a quarterback like that that 
that can do that for the majority of his career. And I think that that's one of the reasons why Joe Flacco has been so good throughout his career. He has regressed lately, but he is he understands that his game overall is to take chances. And if that can be the case for for a Drew Locke and everything else, then he is going to be the right guy to learn under Joe Flacco because it just seems like they the the chances that they can take the the opportunities that can be there will be there with the talent that they have around them. The problem is though is that we also need to understand and again pump the brakes for everything that we see on Drew Locke. We need to come we need to come and be along for the ride for Drew Locke. Just soak it all in. Soak in the potential development that is there. And if it happens that we enter a Russell Wilson type situation again, where he wins it into training camp or into preseason, should we say, or winning a preseason, then absolutely, then there's an argument to be had. But we're not at that point yet. We are not at that point yet. And so ultimately... This is Joe Flacco's team this year in 2019, and we have to we have to get behind that. We absolutely have to get behind the fact that this is Flacco's team until proven otherwise. And speaking of Joe Flacco, he looked like a mixed bag, and I think that that was a majority of the case for a lot of the guys that were playing quarterback in the first two days. And I think that maybe that is just a little bit more conservative that they were a little bit more conservative I don't know but the one thing like we said with Kevin Hogan is that the interceptions throwing interceptions are all fun and good and and exciting on the defensive side of the ball but if you're a quarterback and you're the most important part and you're the one the the most important position on a roster for an NFL team you have to impress immediately should I say and if Kevin Hogan, if this continues throughout the preseason and into games, that's a serious cause for concern from the backup standpoint. Because if by chance Joe Flacco does go down, you need a guy that you can turn to. And we honestly do not know whether or not Drew Locke or Brett Rippon is capable of assuming that backup spot. But the the thing is, is that this is just day two. This is just day two, and we do need to pump the brakes a little bit. And I think that that is that also should be a sign of optimism. Is meaning that there is all that there is a there is an opportunity for them to improve, and that is why myself included, and maybe for Broncos country, if you're listening to this. We should go about this being a glass half full. A glass half full. That we should have the expectations for said quarterback. But also understand that Joe Flacco, again, is here for 2019. And he is here for the foreseeable future or that foreseeable season. As for the the, the defensive side of things... I think it's 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 really 
fascinating because there are two parts to this that that it makes it amazing to me because here is a guy that we're talking about in Devontae Bosby, a, a cornerback that was with the AAF. And we, we, we used to say so often with the Denver Broncos and, and with everything else of that particular season in 2015, of all these players that played so successfully with a chip on a shoulder. And what better opportunity as far as a defensive back goes than a guy like a Devontae Bosby? He was he was a, a former Vic Fangio corner, but also he was part of a league that folded. I mean folded. And he did quite well in the league. I mean, he had a few interceptions. He had a 99-yard a, a interception return. He showed his speed. I mean, he clearly showed his ball-hawking ability, which has been translating into training camp. And, and as of right now and in the early stages of day two, he's creating sort of this Lorenzo Doss story in training camp where he's going to be a, a a training camp story, a training camp standout, as we like to say. And so if Devontae Bosby can have this translate into the regular season, which was the largest knock against Doss when he was with the Denver Broncos, if Bosby can have all of that translate into the regular season or even into the preseason, more importantly, as, as he tries to make the roster, then there is a strong case that Bosby may, ha- may have something. And, you know, that's the thing that I, I, I hope fans understand is that this is a guy that was a former Fangio corner. And so he's coming into a familiar situation. Maybe not as familiar as a Bryce Callahan, which we'll talk about here in a little bit too, as far as the takeaway from him. But here's a guy that is coming from a league that folded and really honestly should not have folded with everything that had transpired. So ultimately, if you're looking at it from Bosby's point of view, you want to prove that the impact that you made in the AAF was not a fluke and you want to prove that you are a corner capable of helping a team get to the playoffs that to me speaks volumes to a potential chip on a shoulder mentality for Bosby and he is clearly making it a, a, a point to really impress the defensive backs coach and and Vic Fangio as well. And now as for Bryce Callahan, one of the takeaways that, at least from day two, that is quite early, should we say, is that there is an opportunity where he may be outside corner, where he may be playing the outside corner spot, which if that is the case, that is going to afford Chris Harris the opportunity to play on the inside. Now, we all know as far as what Harris had been wanting and 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 being that number one guy and, and shadowing the number one corner, I don't think that that's going to go away at all. But it's going to put Harris in a situation where he has been comfortable and known to be comfortable 
for quite a while. And that, as a Broncos defense and in Broncos country, is something that we should be excited about or that you guys should also be excited about. When, when you have a defensive guru like this, again, we don't know if it's going to translate to wins. But the fact is, is that he is going to Fangio. I'm talking about Fangio. He is going to be putting players in situations where they will succeed. And it's not that they could succeed, but they will succeed. And that, that does not translate, say, to successful plays every once again. But he's going to be putting them in that exact situation for something positive to happen. And that, if it just so happens that they do have Harris shadow the number one wide receiver, whether that is in the slot, whether that is, say, a Julio Jones, for that matter, or that, that true number one wide receiver, then that's something I think Bronco fans can accept. But opening the door for Bryce Callahan to be an outside corner not only shows, it shows a lot of things. It shows a lot of comfortability for Fangio to show confidence in his new signee, Bryce Callahan, that this guy can play on the outside and do an exceptional job. And, oh, by the way, we have a tremendous slot cornerback that is also capable of being on the outside and arguably the best cornerback in the National Football League. When you have that, when you basically have two of the same player, that is a phenomenal problem to have. That is a phenomenal problem to have if you're a secondary. Because now that leaves you, okay, here's one guy that, say an offense wants to neutralize, well, oh, that we, we now have a second guy that if we if this guy gets neutralized, well, we have this guy as our backup plan. That is that is a true testament to depth and a true testament to everything that gets associated with a great defense going forward. That is why the opportunity for Bryce Callahan to be an outside corner is something that we really can't dismiss right now. And I don't think that's nothing. I really do not think that's nothing. And also, we should factor in that Kareem Jackson is also seeing some time at safety. Now, one of the things, and I think that this was maybe a lot of factors going into, with say, the Chris Harris contract and the contract dispute with him and, and everything else. They really did not put Kareem Jackson a, a great deal at corner, I should say. I mean... They had opened the door for guys like Isaac Yadam, who who's also had a a a decent two days as well. It's it's afforded Kareem Jackson to really play the safety position, and I think that having him play having be that, as we said before, the the Swiss Army safety and corner gives them again this guy that may be and by some accounts and by some national media people that I've heard speak before, some people feel that Kareem Jackson may be a better safety than he is a corner. And that's just more to his awareness, to his eyes, and, and how he can read a quarterback. The and, and also factoring in with all of that, 
is a potential emergence of Isaac Yadam. We talked a bit about it. Isaac Yadam had an interception yesterday. Now it was a uh, sorry not I I'm on uh, Thursday he had an interception on Thursday, and that that I think is is one. Now granted it was not the best throw, but when an opportunity again when an opportunity like that arises you have to make a play, and that is where I think Yadam kind of struggled with a little bit was where he would get lost. I mean he would be suckered into his his man like glue but then at the very last minute he would lose it and really wouldn't recover well he recovered in this particular interception and really showed the fact that he was right there he was right there to make a play and when that can happen good things will happen and he did make that interception so if Yadam can continue this throughout preseason or and even into training camp that defensive backcourt could could be something because if we think back to the 2015 season, they had four solid cornerbacks that year that they could roll out. I mean, they had Bradley Roby. They had, obviously, Chris Harrison and Keeb Tlaib. And then they also had Kayvon Webster, too. Uh, I mean, they, they had a legitimate, basically, backup core that could come in and if... if if Harris and Tlaib needed to, to sit, these guys could potentially fit in, fill in and, and do the job quite well. That's a, again, it's a really good problem to have. And if you can have that amount of depth and it's still in question. And I think, and I think that that's the one thing that Broncos country needs to also be a little bit hesitant to hesitant of is that, it is still day two, and so something like this and something positive like this, while it is a solid first impression from from players on the offensive side of the ball or, or even the defensive side of the ball, a, a solid first impression does go a long way, but if they got to continue it. They just have to continue it. They have to put their foot on the gas pedal, and they have to make sure that they continue to do this going forward and into the regular season. It has to translate because not only will it even go into the regular season or maybe at the tail end of the preseason, but you're looking at it from, you're also playing for your next, for, for some players on the roster, you're playing for your next job. So everything, your mentality, your, your, your mental makeup, it has to be one play ahead one day ahead, one game ahead, or maybe one opportunity ahead. Should one, Maybe not one opportunity ahead, but just you have to think and play like it is your last. That's the best thing that you can really say is you have to play like it's your last. And then one of the other takeaways, too, that I had talking about the safety group, and I want to say this guy in particular for last, was Sua Cravens. Sua Cravens may have had the biggest day yesterday in training camp. And we say so often, and we, we say so often about Cravens and and how this is a large preseason and training camp for him, in a particular training camp. But the thing that, and we, we, we say, we were talking about Bosby earlier and, and how he was coming in with a chip on his shoulder. Well, when you have something, the slightest little 
blip of confidence or something major in confidence that does a lot for you the next day or the next play. And when Cravens made that particular interception, I guarantee you a shot of lightning of excitement and and everything else went down that body and everything was was seeping with confidence after that moment because after that happened, Cravens had a phenomenal day too. He was flying around the ball. He was proving to be a versatile weapon in that safety's in that safety spot. And that was one of the things that that Fangio had put on Cravens is that he is gonna have to make this spot, make this team at safety. And we all know that there's a lot of positional variability with him and where he could potentially be corner, linebacker, safety. You know, maybe a little bit more so than Kareem Jackson as far as, like we say, positional variability. But he has to, he has to continue this. But I, I just guarantee you that he was smiling ear to ear when he made that interception, because there is no person that, honestly, if we, if we want to talk about such an underdog story throughout the preseason and into training camp. Is there a better underdog story right now than than potentially rooting for Sua Cravens to make this team? Now, granted, I know that's a hard question to ask, but, I mean, think of everything that that guy has battled the last handful of seasons. Mentally and the potential makeup of, you know, not being on an NFL roster to maybe is he even going to play football again? That's a guy you want to root for, and that's a true underdog story that if if Sua Cravens can get his life back together and and really come to the point where he's going to be a valuable contributor to the Denver Broncos defense, that's something that we, that we as Broncos country and as fans can root for. So ultimately, if you're looking at it from Cravens' perspective in that particular play, you root for something like that. I mean, that is uh, that just something... That for Cravens, I guarantee you he is absolutely loving every minute of what happened there. Moving and transitioning into the linebacker spot. Now, we all heard about the the, the injury news to Todd Davis and, and everything that transpired with that. And we all wish him the best. We all wish him a fast and speedy recovery. But the good news per se and we say so often is that it's better for it to happen now than happen during the regular season. And if you're talking as far as depth and linebacker depth under Davis and Josie Jewell, it's probably better for it to happen now than later because now it affords guys like a Alexander Jones, who was a surprising replacement for Todd Davis, uh, to take the reins and potentially replace Davis for the time being. But also it affords guys like Justin Hollins to maybe show a lot of that versatility to where he could cover, as we saw so, so, um, sometimes during training camp on day two, cover Troy Fumagalle and Noel Fant potentially. Excuse me, potentially. that That is a strong versatility option at linebacker that as far as uh, 
as far as an off-ball middle linebacker that we may not have had for quite a while. And if that can occur, if that can truly occur, then the Broncos have something special with Hollins. And he's a physical specimen. At six foot five, and the type of weight that he has and the type of weight that he has, he he moves exceptionally well. So his his weight displacement and the way that he can counteract that height that he has and even rush the passer too along with that. It is a really strong opportunity for a guy like Hollins to really showcase his ability. As now, as far as say a guy like an Alexander Johnson, what a tremendous what what a tremendous story even with that too. And I think that we all thought that Joe Jones was going to be the 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 potential heir to Davis. If said injury was going to happen, well, no, it, it was a guy like an Alexander Johnson. And Alexander Johnson is a tackling menace. I mean, he's a tackling machine. And what better guy to potentially take over for Davis than a guy that's a tackling machine and maybe potentially could take the reins from Davis in that regard. So I I ultimately can see this as a beautiful thing. Now, granted, injuries we never want to have happen to anybody. But if it's, as far as the linebacker position, it's better to happen now than than happen during the regular season or the last preseason game or anything else. But it is a good problem to have now when you can have the depth be tested early enough where the confidence... And everything behind, say, Josie Jewell and Todd Davis, that once that time comes, they can make an impact. That's the best part I would say about this injury is that guys like an Alexander Johnson, guys like a Kayshawn Bieria, guys like a Joe Jones, guys like that can make an impact right now with a sliver opening with Davis's injury. As far the as, as for the tight end position in general, we actually appear loaded this year, and that's not a surprise. That's not a surprise. But one of the things before we end the show that I think is is very impressive. Now they 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 dialed it back on on, on but later in the day, but he did move pretty well. He he moved pretty well. One of the things when in an interview that he did with Troy Rank that was fascinating was they did say they will ease him into the his his action again and he will be wearing a a knee brace and and when you sustain the amount of injuries that 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 butt had you do have to take it easy you do have to take it easy and that's going to leave the door open on you know fortunately for some of the others it's going to leave a potential door open for a guy like a Troy Fumagalli, who is a complete unknown. Who's a complete unknown. And I was actually talking a little bit to Sarah Benninger, the editor over Predominantly Orange, who I was watching training camp with on Friday. And I had mentioned to him that, you know, had he had better quarterback play, Fumagalli, 
at Wisconsin, I would almost guarantee that he would be drafted in the third round. He is a talented tight end. I mean, he is a sure-handed receiver of a tight end. Maybe not the most sound blocker, but he is a guy that is still coming from the Big Ten, willing enough and willing coming from Wisconsin too, willing enough to be a potential blocking tight end. So Fumagalle really is the forgotten tight end in all of that group because we all know about Noah Fant and we all know about the potential high impact that he can have in the passing game, receiving game, all of that. But anytime you have that reliable threat, the reliable target, like a guy that we saw in Jake Butt early in the season, and then now, early on from from OTAs and into Troy Fumagalle, when you have that reliable option, you know that provides a lot of stability to a quarterback. But there is one guy that if we're talking about as far as a practice squad option, a practice squad option, I, and I know it's day two, but I really want to tell Broncos country to keep an eye on Austin Fort. Keep an eye on Austin Fort. There's something about him when I was watching him on Friday. He, he seems rather fleet of foot. He's actually it seems rather tall and and rather athletic of the position for tight end that he's got some some athleticism where he might be needed if the time comes that he could be called upon as far as depth. And we all know that there was probably no tight end position that had encountered so much adversity and so much depth problems in the Broncos last year with Matt Lacoste and Brian Parker being called upon to do the to do the dirty work at the tail end of that last season with Jeff Hyerman going down and, and Jake Butt going down and um so ultimately the tight end position really it's it's not the it's it's not bad. So for a position group and and everything else that may be and at one point last season and last handful of seasons was maybe their biggest question mark might go down as maybe its biggest positive on the roster right now. So if you're listening to this, and as we end the show, there if there is one guy on the offensive side of the ball that I can pinpoint after watching day two for Broncos country to pinpoint and, and maybe watch a little bit more of, it's Austin Ford, the tight end from Wyoming. So keep an eye down there for... If you guys are watching and listening to this right now, and you guys are listening to this while while training camp is going on right now, please, please keep an eye on, an eye out for Austin Fort. Thank you guys very much for tuning into the Lockdown Broncos podcast, and always making the Lockdown Broncos podcast your Broncos podcast for for all your daily Broncos news and and content and everything else. And if you have not already, please subscribe to the Lockdown Broncos podcast on iTunes and uh, give us a five-star review. If you guys do have a Twitter handle, put your Twitter handle in that review and both Cody and I will follow you back. And uh, please also listen to Lockdown Broncos podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play or, or any other device 
uh, that you guys may find the Lockdown Broncos podcast. I know that I was doing a search and uh, I happened to find the Lockdown Broncos podcast on TuneIn Radio. I found the Lockdown Broncos podcast on TuneIn Radio. So please f- uh, listen to Lockdown Broncos podcast. We will be back with another episode of the show tomorrow.